Well, I'm excited this morning. Um, I had the privilege a few weeks ago to teach a couple of different Sundays on really who we are, our identity, and our calling, the family business, you know? And, and just, I felt like the Lord just said, it's not exactly that, but it's something that will take us uh, in another facet, another encouragement that will empower us to live out who we are. Um, and it has to do with his promises. So I was just reading, I don't know how, I was going to say how many promises are in the Bible, but you know, that's my, my uh, teacher kind of, raise a hand, let me hear a number. Um, but you know, the, it, uh, someone read through scripture and they found, what was it, 8,810 promises in the Bible. 8,810, and the promises that God specifies are for humans, for us, out of those 8,810 are 7,487 promises to you from the Word of God. That's astounding. That's amazing. How many do we live by? How many do we allow God to implant, imprint on us? How many empower us? How many of those promises? And I know, I'll answer for myself, that not enough. And I was thinking about this this morning, that what do you notice about yourself? You know, I talked about identity and who we are and who you say you are based on God's word, is actually who you're going to be. You will live out what you say or what you think about yourself, no matter what anyone else says about you. So that's why we need to get our minds renewed and agree with the word. Well, it's the same thing with promises. I was reflecting this morning how easy it is to focus on negative. We are orientated that way for some reason. And I was thinking about now, I don't want to get into, you know, cosmetics or anything, but like when I look in the mirror, I don't notice how nice my skin is or, wow, the little hair that I have, that's nice. You know, I notice the one blemish, right? That's all you can see. And you look in another mirror and it, your eyes just go straight to whatever blemish might be there. I'm sorry, but you probably, you know, I don't know if anyone else can relate or you get this shirt, it's like this clean white shirt, and what do you notice is the one little stain mark, even if it's like in the side. And everywhere you go and you look in some reflection, all you do is look for that stain mark on your clothes or on your shoe or whatever it may be. We have this propensity to focus on what's the problem with us, what's the negative thing in us or on us. And I was thinking about that, how it can so steal and rob the good things in our life. Man, what about my socks? They're amazing. I should be thankful. Or, you know, I'm joking about that, but what, what is it about your life that's good? Have you not thought about that? Because you're so preoccupied with what's not good in your life. 
or with your children. You know, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, Sally, oh my gosh, she did this, this, this. You know, she got a, a C minus on the art project or something. And you know, all you can think about. But you don't think about how amazing she is. How valuable she is. It's so crazy. As parents, we want to help, right? We want to champion. We want to strengthen people. But we can be so focused on negative, we forget the wonder that they are. The value that they are. And I want to suggest this. That what you focus on will determine how you live. And how you treat Sally is going to be determined on what you focus on in Sally's life. If you focus on, I got to fix her, I got to make her better, I got to, I don't want her to be like me, I'm going to try to, and all you do is, you're thinking, I'm just encouraging, I'm parenting, I'm, I'm training. You know, the word discipline comes from discipleship, I'm discipling her. But all you're doing, if you're only speaking negative, Sally, you didn't do this, you need to do this, you, she's going to get so insecure and so focused on all her faults. When you're like, Sally, you are amazing. The way you dream, the way you write, the way you think, the way, how you hug me, how you, what you affirm in somebody is going to grow. What you discourage in someone is going to grow. So I'm not trying to do a class on parenting. I'm actually talking about us and God's promises. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I just pray, Holy Spirit will use this, and you will be used to transform lives, and your life will be transformed. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. All. 8,810 promises. All of them find their yes in him. He says yes to every one of them over your life, over my life. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Do you see how beautiful this is? They're all found in him. And he says yes to them all every day right now. And it's through him that we say, and we don't use the word amen except for in church, unfortunately, in our culture. In the first century, amen was uh, an emphatic yes, I agree, so be it. So you understand. So we say, that is true. Let it be done to me. That's what that is. We have to be proactive in agreeing with all his promises for us. But we do it through him. And then we do it for his glory. Is this amazing? They're all found in him. And we utter... Uh, they're all found in him and they're yes. And through him, we say amen for his glory. It's all about him. <laughs> he made the promises. 
We, say, we agree with those promises in our life through him. And the result of it is it gives glory to him. So this really isn't about us, is it? It's all about him. But we have to agree. And we have to say something. We have to utter something and say, I agree. That is right. That's who I am. That's who they are. That's who this world is. That's what's going to happen. I agree. As I was praying about this, I was just reflecting. I get so tired of news. Even good news outlets, I try to find. Everything I see is bad news. And I was thinking about that. You know, it shows every murder that's committed, every violent act that's committed, every negative thing that's spoken, everyone's mistake they made and error they made and all the bad policies and the bad, you know, um, everything that's bad in government and, and military. And I was thinking, what are we filling our minds with? Have you driven down the road recently and seen how beautiful it is? Have you looked at your neighbor and just seen they're fearfully, wonderfully made? Some are more fearful than wonderful, but they're fearfully, wonderfully made. No, it's kidding. <laughs> you, you need to just look around you. God makes all things good. You are amazing. Have you reflected on how amazing you are? Or are you only noticing the blemishes and the mistakes and the problems and the weaknesses? So that's my exhortation this morning. And I feel like God said, let's read Psalm 103. It's my favorite psalm, I think, together. And I want you to walk away with these promises dripping off of you transforming you you know the word to be transformed to be in the renewing of your mind and Romans 12 literally is metamorphosis in the Greek it's it's going from a caterpillar reality to a butterfly that's what I pray this morning would happen in your mind so let's begin Psalm 103 we're just going to read several verses together and then I'll go back and comment Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Punchline. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good things, with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. 
For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are as dust. I just want to let this go back. um, Let this sink into us. So the beginning on bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Um, The word benefit means something that is a compensation or a reward that's given for loss or harm suffered. The Lord wants to give recompense. He wants to compensate. That's literally the Hebrew word. He wants to make up for anything you've suffered or lost. It's not a fringe benefit. This is not, oh, you get a benefits package attached to your salvation. No, this is he really cares and wants to pay back everything that's been stolen in your life. He didn't want you just to grin and bear it and suck it up. He wants you to breathe him in. And he wants to renew you. This is the thing. Why would God's word say, don't forget all his benefits unless we have a propensity to forget his benefits? We get saved and we think we're growing in maturity because now I'm just finally stewarding my wealth right. I'm disciplining my kids. I'm getting to work on time. I'm I'm being a responsible citizen. I'm voting. I'm praying certain times. I go to church. I tithe. He wants you to remember the benefits. Your beloved daughter and son. And let's just look at some of those benefits. First thing, I love this. Forgives all your iniquity. Some translations say sin or trespass. It's interesting in the Greek, the first definition of iniquity is perversity. He forgives all your perversity. It's fault, all your faults, mischief. The punishment of sin is also iniquity. It's the, um, the depravity, your guilt or punishment of what you deserve for your sin. So it's the effects of sin on your life. He wants to forgive those. We talk about grace. It's just as if I never sinned, God, you know, a judge, you're innocent. But then we walk around being weakened by and shamed and the guilt of what we have done. We know we're going to heaven. But God says, no, I want you to feel free from this. I want, I forgive it. Forgiveness means you cancel the debt. It's gone. And what you do is you're like, I, you know, it's like your bank account. You have a positive balance, but you walk around stressed like you're in debt. Do you know how stressful debt can be? And you feel like, I'm not sure I can pay it this month. Some of us walk around with that level of stress with a billion dollars in our bank account. That God says, this is what I give you. But you walk around like you're in debt. Another thing, um, the second thing, so first he forgives all iniquities. Second thing, heals all your diseases. And disease means to suffer, to be sick, to be diseased. 
You know, all the promises are yes in him. So think about this. We're forgiven from Jesus. We're healed from Jesus. He is the healer. He's our life. Then he redeems your life from the pit. Um, the second uh, verse four, redeems your life from the pit. I love this. The, the word redeemer, it's like comes from the Bible, a kinsman redeemer. It's somebody who's a widow, you know, their husband died and, and a brother or the kinsman redeemer, the close, closest kin would buy the widow and reestablish her identity, her authority and, and honor so that she would have children and there would be a legacy. God wants to give you back honor. He wants to buy you back from everything that's enslaved you and everything that's stolen from you. He redeems. That's the Hebraic understanding. And it also has this um, understanding of enacting vengeance on those that have wronged you. Isn't that wild? Part of redemption is this God saying, I'm going to get vengeance. I'm going to take out the enemy in your life. Let this sink in. He pays you. Uh, um, it means to buy back, literally. And then he crowns you with love, steadfast love and mercy. The word crown in Hebrew means to surround you. Think about it. When you wear a crown, that's something that's beautiful, but it shows authority. And it's something that everyone would notice. If, you wearing a, if anyone wore a crown this morning, I wouldn't notice this spot on your shirt like I talked about or any blemish you had. I'd just go past all that. Whoa, you got a crown. Wow. But what does he crown you with? What is the showcase of your life? What is the thing that gives you authority and the thing that's the most beautiful part of your life is his steadfast love and his mercy for you. That's what gives you authority and that's the most beautiful thing about you. It's his steadfast love. And, and in the Hebrew, steadfast love is chesed. And it means uh, loving kindness, favor, goodness, faithfulness. It's his beauty. He crowns you with that. That's what he adorns you with. And then mercy is racham, rachamim. It's compassion. It's, it, you know what? The word rachamim is the, is the similar root for the word womb. And it's that tender love that in the Hebrew, there's this understanding of a mother's love for the baby in the womb. And I haven't been a mother, so I don't know that feeling. But I see a lot of pregnant women just holding their bellies. And I was thinking like, man, is it kind of like just to support your back or something? But then when they're holding them when they sit down too. And it's just, I don't know, as moms, do you feel that? Have you felt this just tender love for an unborn baby in your womb? And you have an advantage of understanding this word because that's literally the root of this word, is this tender love. That's what he crowns you with. And then, this is amazing, he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This satisfies, um, comes with being fulfilled and having your desires satisfied. And it also means to have something in excess. You're not just satisfied, you have abundance. And he satisfies you with good. 
Good means morally good things. Um, it means things that are uh, collectively good welfare and prosperity. So he wants to give you excess prosperity. Prosperity literally comes from the word peace, where there's peace in all your borders. This is God's promises to you. He satisfies, he fulfills, he gives you more than you need of his goodness, his welfare, his provision, and his moral goodness. This is what he does for you. And in him, you just need to agree. Say, so be it. And then it's for his glory. He's going to get so much glory through your life. You know, as a dad, when my children are just fully blessed, and when, when you see my child and they're just glowing with confidence and love, and they, they just look, you know, not spoiled brats, but spoiled beloveds, you know? Like they just so, look so blessed. And it's not just their clothes and their got whatever opportunities and you know it's it's just that who they are. You just look and go, that is a beautiful child. Like they have so much love, so much security in life. That's what the father wants for you. So I just, um, yeah, I'm going to, I don't know if you want to come up and play some in the background. I just feel like the Lord um, wants us to receive his promises this morning. Uh, receive the fulfillment. I'm going to give you a moment to say yes to his promises. I can't do it for you. And I felt like the Lord just said, bring the food Bring the food. Show, you know, that it says to taste and see and know that I'm good. I love that. I hope you tasted something this morning of his word. But I want you to know that it's good. So I want you to take it in, okay? Um, and as we have the music, I just want us to really, I love, you know, music and worship. It's just his presence so um, evident. You can ask my wife, I'm always playing music just because I sense his, his goodness and his presence. So, yeah, if you just take a moment, I'm going to read um, another passage of his promises out of Isaiah 53. And this is specifically talking about Jesus. Prophesied 20, you know, prophesied by Isaiah 1,600 years before Jesus. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. 
and with his wounds, we are healed. So just as you're sitting there, I'm just going to pray. And I'm just going to pray through what I just uh, read of Psalm 103. And I just, just please open your heart and just say yes. Just say yes to the word. Say, Lord, I just agree with just these dozen promises out of 8,810. I say yes to these today. And I want to live my life according to your word and not according to the world's perspective, to even my own critical perspective. Renew our minds, Holy Spirit. Transform us. Bring that metamorphosis from the caterpillar to the butterfly by renewing our minds. Today, right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come in this room. We just say, Lord, we, we bless you. Oh, my soul, we tell our souls, our minds, our will, and our emotions. And I just pray right now, would you even just put your hand on your head and say, I tell my mind, think about all his benefits. I tell my will, choose to live according to his benefits. I tell my emotions, match up with the goodness of God. Match your feelings. I tell my feelings to respond to the goodness of God in my life. You know, the main prayer that was prayed over and over that the tabernacle of David, the one line that he said, this is what they will sing. It was, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. And at that declaration, the enemies were confused and killed each other. With that declaration, the presence of God crashed into the temple that Solomon built and the priests had to, they couldn't stand because the glory filled the place when they prayed that. Can we just say that together? Give thanks to the Lord. Go ahead and repeat after me. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His love endures forever. Let's just do it a couple more times. Give thanks to the Lord. For He is good. And His love endures forever. And tell your soul right now. Soul, put your hope in God. One more time. Let's just declare it. Give thanks to the Lord. For He is good. And His love endures forever. I'll just receive right now. Lord, I just pray right now, would you release your crown of steadfast love and mercy, that tender love, that compassion. Just release that crown to be the focal point, the greatest piece of identity that we walk with. 
I pray you'd forgive every sin, all iniquity in this room, all the guilt and shame, all the perversity and lies. I just pray forgiveness, a canceling of every debt right now. And I pray a healing of every, every disease, everything that's been suffered, that you'd compensate, you'd pay back every lack, everything that's been stolen. I just pray a healing right now. Jesus, release that. And I pray, would you satisfy, would you fulfill every desire? so that everyone in this room would leave today with their youth renewed like an eagle, free from sin, free from pain, free from debt, fully loved, fully celebrated, walking in youth strength like an eagle, an eagle that doesn't strive, doesn't flap its wings, that just catches up drafts, that has no fear, no predator. I just thank you that your blood, your body, your victory, give us victory over all sin, all sickness, and all the work of Satan. So I affirm you today to run the race, to win. You're the head, not the tail. You have abundant life if you're not walking in abundance in your spirit soul and body you have not received the full measure of the gospel the good news so I just pray Abba would you fill us with your fullness And I mentioned um, something about children earlier. I was kind of using the analogy of Sally. It, did any parents, I just feel the Holy Spirit right now just saying, could you bless the parents to raise up confident sons and daughters, disciplining them, discipling them, but championing them in their identity in Jesus. If, if you want, could you just stand up if you're a parent or a grandparent or you're a spiritual parent to anybody? Um, just stand up for a moment, just in that humility of saying, yes, I ask God you to help me. Because you have the authority from God to raise your children up. It's not the authority of teachers in schools. It's not the authority of curriculum. It's not the authority of the government or entertainment or Instagram or TikTok or it's you. Biblically, you have the authority. And so just open your hands. I'm just going to bless you. Father, I just ask, would you release supernatural grace to raise up children? Natural, spiritual, family connections. I just pray an authority right now to raise up children with their identity in you, Jesus. With their being so saturated with your promises, God, that they would, they would be marked by you. They would be marked by the word. 
And I just pray, God, would you use this church, use whoever's listening to this message. I just bless you to raise up a generation that's strong and courageous, that in some ways is in one of, in one of the most wicked and perverse generations. And I pray you'd speak life that they could be forgiven and free from every iniquity, all perversity, all self-hatred, all insecurity, all depression and oppression, all lies, all confusion related to gender and identity and politics and philosophies. I just say, Abba, would you come and bring grace according to your word? That man is like a flower in the field that fades, but your word remains forever. And I pray these parents would release your word, your reality, your truth, and your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Just as you stand there, I'm going to pray the ironic benediction as you prepare to go. So just receive. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach Sarshalom. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah, Prince of Peace. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.